hey Roman, do you want to learn a lot about Batman and Catwoman and their like 70 year relationship? Absolutely. I am super what's the word I'm looking for? I love ships. I love simping over couples. I'm I'm here for it. Let's do it. This is the ultimate ship, I think. The ultimate wait, is it just Batman? Uh, well, I mean, we'll talk about other ultimate ships, but this is my ultimate ship. Batcat. Wait, would their ship name be Catbat or Batcat? It's Batcat. It's Batcat. I love it. Perfect, my love. Let's go home. I'm a cat burglar as a woman. Hmm. Probably my imagination. Probably not. <laughs> Magnificent. I suggest you save the flattery for the judge. So long, Dark Knight. Drop in anytime. You're too kind. Welcome to the hyperfixation where my friends come onto my show and tell me about things that excite them for 30 to 45 minutes or more, depending on the vibes. Uh, my name is Roma. I use the they and them pronouns. I'm joined today by Jesse. Hi, I'm Jesse and I use the he him pronouns. First of all, happy Valentine's Day. As of as of recording, it is not Valentine's Day, but this episode will be coming out the day after Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> I don't know how to transition from that. <laughs> well, I mean, you you uh, you reach out to me. And you're like, hey, you want to you want to do your hyper uh, fixation episode? Because we talked about it when you came on to my show. Yes. And I was like, yeah, totally. And you're like, it'll be the day after Valentine's Day. I'm like, OK, cool. We're talking about Batman and Catwoman. Hell yeah. Through. Oh, man, that was like la- last year. That was yeah, last was, year. Yeah. I mean, it's only beginning of February, but. Um, yeah, last year when I started the pod, I met you through the Moonshot Discord, I believe. Yep. Yes. And so then from there, it's just like we're interacted on the Twitters. And then uh, you gave me the opportunity to just absolutely freaking info dump and talk about Chainsaw Man, which I could do every day, any time of the day. But of course, you know, definitely was like, obviously, I need you on my show. You know so much about comics and I know absolutely nothing about comics. I read manga. But um, I needed to know. I needed the information. And this ended up perfect, I think, in my opinion. So how when did when did comics become a thing for you? Because I know a lot of people, it's their childhood or, you know, like somebody got them into it. But what 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 does that story look like for you? So so it's weird for me in that sense, because. Uh, I mean, this this would be a nice established thing. I just turned 29, so I, I've been around for a little bit Happy at least. Uh, thank you. Um, and so my parents like to say my first three words were mom, dad, and Batman. Um, <laughs> there, there was something about Elise Batman that as a just a baby, a little baby, uh, my mind just kind of attached to. I want to say that the movie Batman Forever came out in... 90 it was either it was either the year i was born 94 but it was like it was summer or it was 95 i think it was 95 though but there it was either it was a summer release either way and my parents just took me as a baby 
Um, and I, they, like, I don't think I have like any feigning interest in the character as a little baby that couldn't speak, but they took me anyways. And mm-hmm. so like that was my first movie that I ever saw in theaters was a Batman movie because I was a baby. And so that kind of was always the lingering Batman was. But then expanding into the rest of comic books, my parents before I was born, especially my dad, like were just really big into that stuff already. Mm-hmm. I guess they had a, com- a, a pretty decent sized comic book collection that they had to sell at some point because they had to support three kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that kind of was always there. And then uh, we were big thrift store people. So my oh, dad always. Yeah, my dad always take us to thrift stores and there would always be like just like dollar comics there. And I'd be like, can I pick up like five of these? <laughs> and so like as a kid growing up, that's like w- one of the ways I learned how to read was reading through comics. And like then around I want to say around 12 is when my dad actually took me to a comic book store and like let me pick out books that I would get monthly. And I think mm-hmm. my first one was Ultimate Spider-Man. No. Yeah, because I was going around there and like as much as Batman is. My favorite, I think as a kid, I really was attached to Spider-Man 2 for a long time. Mm -hmm. That's you set me into a nostalgic hole because my my parents were also big nerds growing up and I wasn't super attached to like anything but cats. I was definitely a little cat kid, but um, my dad would go to this bookstore that had a huge comic book section in the back. So my dad would read Star Trek and Star Wars novels. Mm-hmm. All the time. He he watched Star Trek all the time. That was what we did. But um, when he was going to the bookstore to return the books that he borrowed and get new ones, I would immediately run to the back of the store to the comic section. And I would just look at the art because I with ADHD it was very hard for me to like read and sit down and like read something. Mm-hmm. But I sure as hell liked looking at the pictures. So you go you telling me about your uh, dollar comic book pickups reminded me of me just staring into this empty comic book section with cardboard cutouts and piles and piles of comic books and little plastic sleeves. It's just oh, I can smell it now. <laughs> yeah, and like I, I talked about this, I think with Marn when uh, they came on to Y Comics too. Is like I was a big library kid too, where I would go into there and max out my li- like I didn't have a credit card, but I had a library card that I would max out like every time I go to the library. And the library itself just had a wall of graphic novels and stuff. So I would just go back there, probably too young to read a lot of those and like pick them up and be like, I'm reading all of these, please. And they would just stare at me and it's like, these are for like teenagers. You're not supposed to. You sure, kid? <laughs> and then as like, I don't know if there's something just like mentally in me that likes this. But as like a collector of of comics in general, like my my interests have widened way widened since I was a kid. There's something about the yeah the plastic bags and boards and the, like the old paper of the older books and stuff and getting those all organized and like I zen out just doing that from time to time. Oh yeah. Oh no, I'm going into like a yeah. I'm back in the nostalgic hole. It's just kind of surreal because. Uh, like you were able to sit there and ingest the stories and really enjoy them. But I only I feel like I'm kind of looking through like a glass, like I'm staring out like I understand, but I don't actually know what anything that was going on in those comic books. So I'm really excited to learn today about like the history between uh, at least Batman and Catwoman, maybe more. So aside from your childhood has uh, in your adulthood now, like what kind of content like comic book content are you getting into these days is it i mean probably still batman obviously but um like what is the major exciting storylines going for you right now 
So for me, like I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty easy mark when it comes to like cape books, like Marvel DC stuff, right? Like as much as people like to complain about the nostalgia factor on a lot of that stuff and kind of the simple storylines that a lot of these books have to deliver in a general sense, you can't always have your Grant Morrison stories or um, your Jonathan Hickman stories, which are really like complex and sciencey and really like intricate mm-hmm. because yeah. you, you're, you're still trying to uh, market at least these books to a general audience. So I just enjoy kind of like a feel good story most of the time when I'm reading those books, but I have noticed my buying has leaned heavily more independent too, as time goes on because it just has the freedom to tell diverse stories without the, the stranglehold of editorial. That's kind of even above the comics industry. Cause like with Marvel and with DC, you have them owned by DC now currently owned by um, discovery and Marvel being owned by Disney. Like, mm-hmm they like back in the day like in um 2015 which doesn't i'm not maybe not 2020 like 2013 which isn't that long ago but like there's a whole storyline with batwoman who is a very queer openly queer gay character and the writers wanted her to get married to uh her current girlfriend and the editorial's like nah we're not gonna do that and the writers just walked because like that's a stranglehold on this character's growth and development. And so there's back and forth with that. So independent really gives you that freedom to tell these yeah. stories. Absolutely. Currently though, I'm trying to think of like individual books that I'm like stoked about. And I talk about a lot there, especially like in for this audience is something is killing the children, which is a current ongoing independent book from boom studios. Mm. The basic premise of it is, the monsters that we have nightmares about as kids, right? Like what if one of those gets really manifested in reality and attacks children? Like, like um, the monsters of like old horror movies, like mostly go after kids. What happens if one of those is real and who, what's the society that goes after those monsters? Yeah. Um, And they have like little partners that are the monsters that they um, had it when they were a kid and put, put in stuffed animals and that's how they can be able to detect these monsters and stuff. And it gets really complicated in that, in that book you learn really early on because adults can't see these things. So they think these hunters that come into this area to kill the monster are the people committing the mass murders of these children. Oh no. <laughs> so, so things get pretty complicated, but I think it's a really like thoughtful story. There's a, there's a lot of um, perspectives in that story. that are different. Another good one that just wrapped up recently is Once in Future King. Uh, or actually, I, I messed up the name. It's just Once in Future. I think of Once in Future King because that's the full saying. But it's the premise of like King Arthur coming back today. But what if King Arthur was like, I just want pure blood England. <laughs> and now Ooh. these people have to be like, oh, we got to stop the zombie Ar- King Arthur. And it was a lot of, there's a lot of Arthurian lore and a lot of just like, old or like Beowulf's in it and stuff it's really it's really well done it's it's um drawn by this artist named dan mora who's like impeccable and clean lines and just brilliant and like he's he works super fast because he was like doing that book and doing like three other books at the same time it's kind of nuts that's nuts i couldn't even imagine (laughs) my goodness but yeah I, i was just like thinking about other comics i'm reading right now but i'm trying to wrap my head around them oh i feel you to go back on an earlier point you were talking about with uh, the editors kind of choking out the artists and the writers from doing, you know, the, the proper character progression they're supposed to be doing. 
or wanting to do. Uh, I remember I was listening. I don't know if you've heard of uh, overly sarcastic productions on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So there's this. Uh, I think it was DC timelines or Marvel timelines. Either way, just like how they had to do a hard reset on the whole universe. I think twice. Is that correct? I can't remember. Like they had to implode everything. Yeah, definitely. Both universes have had similar things. Marvel's pretty. Marvel's whole thing is like they have these characters, and this is kind of often in a little bit of the weeds. But I like this. I literally like talking about this stuff because it's fun mm-hmm. to me to think about. Like characters like the Punisher and um, Captain America, their origins are so set in real life events. Like Cap mm-hmm. is all about World War II and the Punisher comes from the Vietnam War and stuff like that, that mm-hmm. they have to keep on shifting history slightly to make these characters stay the same age, but also be able to talk about current events. <laughs> and Marvel Marvel, Marvel uh, did the wrong thing, which was create a new war. And the new war they created was uh, kind of, and by kind of, I mean pretty racist. <laughs> uh, so that, that's like kind of the wrong way to do it. I think of that, but Marvel's characters are so intertwined with the real, reality of our world that I, I, I don't know the easier solution than that. I mean, you could have made it just less racist. You could have made it like us fighting Russia or something instead of a fake Vietnam. But um, yeah. But with DC, yeah, DC did hard reboots a few times, and their whole thing is they can never decide if they want to keep it or not. Oh my gosh. Um, there's this thing in DC that you love or hate. It's really it's really the flip of a coin with fans called hypertime. And the idea of hypertime is continuity matters if you need it to matter at that moment. What's I'm trying to think of a good good example. Like all of you have to say all of Batman's history, all like 80 plus years of Batman's history happened mm-hmm. within like five years if you're keeping him at a certain age. But that means Dick Grayson has to go from Robin to Nightwing. And then you have to get Jason Todd from Robin to Red Hood. And then Tim Drake has to be 13 to 16 or whatever. And then Damien has to age 10 years or 13 years now at at least in five years. How does that work? (laughs) Um, So like the idea of it is like Batman's whatever age you need him to be. He can reference whatever story you need him to reference. And that's in canon at the time that you need to reference it. Um, some some writers really go for that. Some writers don't. But currently, I think the most fascinating thing about where the current state for at least DC is when it comes to continuity and stuff like that is they're aware of it. With the most recent kind of like, not reset, but like reestablishing of the the rules of the game the whole universe was made aware that their timeline has been messed with and rebooted. So they're just aware of this now. And it's something that is kind of funky when the characters talk about it at times where they're like, they don't call themselves comic book characters, but they do be like, they, they do be like, they do think like, wow, we lost like 16 universes and then we gained them and then we lost them. And then we gained them again. And people have been ripped out of their lives and put back in and then ripped out again. Um, so there's so some stressful, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> and there's certain characters that I like the runs where the writer's like, why don't we address this trauma? Like, cause this is a real trauma that these characters have and no one talks about. I did like in um what was it? The the, the, the oh no, the witch, uh the the crimson <sighs> scarlet witch. Yeah, Scarlet in, Witch. Uh, mm-hmm. What was the movie the TV show that came out on Disney Plus? One division. Uh, Mar- WandaVision. I almost called it Marla Vision. I 
And I liked when they kind of addressed that in WandaVision with like after the snap, you know, like you got a percentage of the population gone. And instead of just being like, oh, that's a thing that happened. It's just like this affected a lot of normal and super people. And that brings me a lot of joy. I mean, not that they're having that trauma, but that it's being acknowledged and it's part of the the plot. You know what I mean? Yeah. As we get to like the the really the the core of this romance that. I want to talk about the the writer mm-hmm. at that time really uses that in a really interesting way when it comes to like, what do you remember when you first meet each other? <laughs> um, I don't know if we want to kind of just jump in it now then. I, this is, I think this is a good transition. I'm just going to start the timer here real quick. You can, you can do your thing. Okay. Um, so I put some images that kind of get us started in the chat uh, where there's some interactions I put like early on because um my hyperfixation kind of shifted from Batman to Superman for a bit now where mm-hmm. I'm reading all the old Superman books and stuff. And really early on, Lois is in there. Lois is like the only other really named character in the Superman books early on. And their relationship is kind of established between like Clark Kent is kind of a loser and he really looks up to Lois Lane, who is a star reporter and she can't give him the time of day because he can't get his act together. But it is an act because he is Superman. He does have his act together. Um, and I think at the time that was a a pretty typical romance. Like it was a, an idea of the bumbling guy and the together girl or vice versa in a lot of rom-coms and stuff of like yeah. the 40s and things like that. Oh, man. The, the precursor of the ugly bastard. Yeah, kind of. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, And it's one of those things where, like, I think that's why. And we'll kind of get to it down the road, but like, why would Superman and Lois Lane get married? And then they retcon that. It really shattered a lot of people and it really sent a weird vibe in DC. And then they're like, what if Superman and Wonder Woman slept together? And everybody's like, guys, can we just have Lois Lane back, please? Because it's it's so established that they're meant to be with each other from the second or third issue that Superman's in. Mm-hmm. And it's it's hard to change that stuff. Um, but then in the last three images I put here is the first uh, the first appearance of Catwoman where she's just called Cat. And you can see kind of if I can I can kind of read it too for people who won't be able to see this right away if they don't see the 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 chats or anything batman's flirting with her right away even though she's a criminal (laughs) and he she asks him like why don't we team up we could be a great team he goes this really tempts me but you're a thief and you broke the law so i so you i can't do that and then she jumps off and gets away and as they're riding away robin's like oh man she got away and batman's like man she was really pretty wasn't she and like he's super like into her and not even thinking about her getting away. He's just thinking about how pretty she was and how they kind of hope that they run into each other again. Hey, I mean, he can run into her again if if she, if he lets her go. Yeah. So and she'll come back around. It's it's a really interesting start to their relationship versus like the other big established one, which is just two people that work together and one's just crushing on him. Well, this is like a criminal that he's up against and he's like, ah, man, I kind of love her, though. Yeah, I mean, what what is the worst thing Catwoman's done? I know that's a large question, but like she's really just sort of a cat burglar from my understanding, right? She's not like hurting people, right? Or am I wrong? 
No, that that's actually like a really interesting point from this is I think the biggest reason why this relationship kind of works for them is for the most part, Catwoman's never killed anybody. <laughs> like there's a couple there's a couple things we'll kind of talk about. But she's never yeah, straight up murdered anybody. She yeah, she's she's either getting revenge on someone, which is means bodily harm in that way, or she's robbing them blind. And it's kind of hard. A lot of the time she's justified and it's hard for Batman to be like, well, this is technically a crime, but also you're kind of right. Yeah, my brain's like Batman's like, I'm not a cop. Steal what you want. Just don't hurt anybody. <laughs> yeah, it kind of what it becomes down the road and it becomes a fun like cat and mouse game. There's um, what happens, though, down the road is continuity in dc gets really complicated and messy and they do this thing called crisis on infinite earths and they reboot it that's like the first big reboot and when they do that they ask the writer at the time uh hey can you give us like a gritty re-establishing of batman can you redo his origin and kind of get rid of the silliness um and give us something serious which is not the start of the grimdark kind of batman stuff that started in like the 70s and this is more the 80s but it reestablishes catwoman and him um to have a different origin or on like the first night he goes out he tries to save this young woman from basically she she's a prostitute but he's trying to like stop that from happening and her pimp's like hey, uh no <laughs> and i'm in the they beat the crap out of him and catwoman comes out and she helps him kind of fight off these guys but also beats the crap out of him a little bit because she thinks that she's attacking uh he's attacking her friend and so in in that reboot they meet on the street and it's a very different encounter. Like she's violent against him and like they have a rough encounter, but there's something that kind of lingers there that they remind each other of that when they meet each other again in costume, like a year later when he's in his costume and she's in her, he's like, wait a second. I fought you once before. Didn't I? Like we, we had this dance before. Um, Oh, shoot. And so that, that relationship kind of like builds over the decades. And I'm going to put another photo in just a second once I find it there comes this moment where Batman's not Batman because he gets really broken and a new guy replaces him. And this new guy fights Catwoman and Catwoman goes, you don't smell like him. You're not him. I know what he smells like. And he's not scared when I show up out of nowhere because he knows what I sound like. And you're scared of me. Like what's wrong? Like you're not him. You're not the guy that I know. Because at this time, they like he knows that she's Selena Kyle, but he does, she doesn't know that he's Bruce Wayne or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I find that super interesting because like they're establishing like these people like they know each other way more intimately than like the comics let on at times. Yeah, I mean it, it tracks uh, even me as a normal human. Like I can recognize who's opening the door just based on my interactions with that person and. Uh, you know, some people smell like home. Like I can kind of get it. A superhero is just intensified, and I like how they they play that into their story a little bit. But also, what what's happened that hasn't shown on the pages? Are there more interactions that we don't know about? That's I think that's cool. Yeah, there's that lingering thing, and then as it continues, like there there's not a moment where people ever think about like, oh, this is like <laughs> this is going to be Superman and Lois Lane, or they get married. And people are like, no, this is just a cat and mouse game because that's really but they keep alluding to and then down the road they they do this another like really intensive story arc where basically 
they they admit to each other that they kind of um they kind of can't do this with, without each other <laughs> and it builds up to a point where Bruce is like, "Oh, okay, I I have to show you who I am." And it ends that arc ends with like him revealing to her that he's Bruce Wayne. And she's like, I kind of already knew, but it's nice for you to finally tell me. Yeah. But that kind of changes the whole dynamic of them, too, because now she knows everything. Because if he's Bruce Wayne, that means Nightwing's Dick Grayson and all these people like she connects the dots really fast. Yeah. And he and he does this without telling anybody, which is uh, one of those fun and also annoying character traits that Batman can't seem to shake where he just makes these decisions without informing the people that will be impacted. <sighs> hate it when people do that <laughs> yeah it creates a really fun dynamic though down the road we're like they're like you just let this criminal into our life he's like yeah but i kind of love her but this one i like this one i mean yeah everybody gets their uh universally assigned cat and i guess batman batman's cat is Catwoman. and then there's uh these other storylines down the road where like they can't be together for whatever reason and she they have established another relationship with her and this other character and the hit Batman and this other character named Sam Black Bradley, that, that's his name, is um, they're meeting on a rooftop talking about Catwoman. <laughs> and, he, and Batman just goes, she made us crazy, hasn't she? Like, she's really driven us to, to this breaking point of, of like a man can't handle this anymore. <laughs> and both of them kind of realize like she's just like one of the best of them. But at the same time, you can't you can't contain what Selena Kyle is. And Selena Kyle is a cat. She's like she's she's she does whatever she wants. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those dynamics that keeps coming back up. And how does someone so controlling like Batman kind of like deal with it? The answer is he doesn't, but he has to kind Mm -hmm. of answer that himself. There's, there's another great interaction that I'll post too is like, they, at one point he's like, what do you want? What do you want from me? What do you want to do? And she's like, what do, what do I want? I just want to go on a date. <laughs> Can we just go on a date? And so there's just this like three pages where they have a normal life and they go on a date and they're not wearing costumes. And I think Aww. the, the idea of the mask with these two is also really interesting to kind of compare, go back to Superman and Lois, who is like the only real couple that you can compare these two in DC, right? Is mm-hmm. Superman Clark Kent's the mask for Superman, but he's not really a mask. He's glasses. He's not, it's not really anything. And Lois yeah. Lane is just Lois Lane. She's a person. So when they get together, there's no dual identity with those two. They're just Clark Kent and Lois Lane. Yeah. With Batman and Catwoman, there is this... They both have these really strong dual identities. There's Catwoman and Selina Kyle. And there's Batman and Bruce Wayne. And they neither one of them... They both struggle on and off again. Like, with when is it? when can I take off my mask? When can I be real with you and there's a moment where i think i think she gets really she gets really close to being killed in one storyline and she's recovering from that and she just can't seem to get over the fact that she almost died and he goes to take off her mask because he took his off and they're trying to talk and she goes no i can't i can't do this can you put your mask back on i need this to be fake oh no (laughs) like i need this to be not my reality for a moment so can we just do this with our masks on and so there's moments like that that are just really like I think brilliant writing. Yeah. And my then there's heart. also at some point she has a kid. They totally retcon this down the road, but at some point she has a kid. Um and he Whose kid it, is it? 
it's I want to say this again. This is comic books in the early two thousands and stuff, so it's a bit messy. But it's the son of Slam Bradley's kid. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, she's for some reason falls in love with his son at some point, but it gets to a point where like Bruce shows up and he and he's take he's holding the kid and she's like. Uh, he he would be a great this is before Damien's on the scene and everything. Um and she's like, he'd be a great dad. And he would be a great dad to this kid. And I I I don't think I ever realized how much he just cared. Like he's not about vengeance anymore. It's not about just beating the crap out of guys every night to kind of numb the pain of his parents. It's about the innocent now. It's about he wants to protect these poor people who can't protect themselves anymore. Mm-hmm. And and that's kind of nice to see her realize that so that all kind of that's all like the early history of them kind of building up to eventually he batman technically dies at some point but they think bruce wayne's dead and there's this nice little moment before uh the he dies where she is in the hospital again and he's like i i'm just gonna confess my love again i'm gonna tell you how much i love you and um, I'm sorry that we kind of like have had this song and dance and he's like, he doesn't even think she can hear him. Cause she's like in a coma as he's walking away. She goes, I've been awake the entire time. <laughs> That's smooth though. That's so smooth. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Of like, Oh, this man's about to confess his love. I'm still in a coma. Bet. <laughs> and then after that story, arc, he's, he's gone for a bit. And then when he comes back though, my favorite thing is like, um, she's, She's interacted with whoever's in the in the mask at that point, which is Dick Grayson, and she knows it's Dick Grayson, and she's like, "Okay, well, I'll work with you, even though you're not him and everything." And he he doesn't tell anybody he's back; he's just back, and he saves her from something. And she's like, "Nice one, Dick. That was cool." And like as she gets closer to him, she's like, "Wait a second, you're not Dick, you're Bruce." And they just start making out like right away. Aww, um, good for them. Yeah. But then all that brings us all the way to this uh, era of DC Comics called Rebirth, which was the idea of it was let's bring back everything that we kind of written off and kind of start fresh, but at the same time, kind of honor our past. And that that run of Batman, that early run of Batman in the Rebirth era kind of shaped me in a way recently. This was like. Uh, I want to say 2015 to 2018, maybe that run specifically where reading that month to month and getting the story the way I got it kind of changed me in a lot of ways. Like it was a super impactful yeah. run. And like, if we ever do another Batman episode, I might just focus in about that entire run. Absolutely. But what it became is a romance between them. And it, it, that whole storyline builds up to, are they going to get married? No. And um, so sweet. Yeah. And, and it starts off in really interesting with the, the first issue of it where he asks, he, he's he, Batman is um trying to stop a plane from crashing and he doesn't think he's going to make it out of it this time, just because like it's a plane and he's on top of it and it's crashing. <laughs> that, true. Yeah, so he's like talking to Alfred and he goes, hey, Alfred, um, if this is it, if this is where I die, is this a good death? Like, will my parents be proud of me dying this way? Mm-hmm. And Alfred's like, 
like you're you're my son but yes this would be this would be a good death if uh if you die and he doesn't he gets saved at the last second because it's comic books and someone saves him yeah but that's like kind of the first glimpse of like what the initial part of this storyline is is like what is batman and he has to do another suicide mission not too long after this and he has to get a team together and he has to get catwoman who at this point is in jail for murdering uh, almost 300 people. What? And I know we talked about this before, like <laughs> Catwoman doesn't murder people. No. There was, there was a moment where she killed this character named black mask, like in the early two thousands. And Bruce is like, you know what? I know you did it. And I know I wouldn't do it. He was really bad. And I'm not going to hurt. I'm not going to like put that against you. He was a bad dude. <laughs> Uh, it's just like thanks because I couldn't have done it but also like uh. so when he pulls her out of Arkham for this mission because he he gets kind of free reign to pull whoever he wants and they say like Selena Kyle in prison for murdering 290 something people because what you learn is like she supposedly killed the whole orphanage what? Um, I, I will I will explain like what, what the storyline becomes it's really shocking because you're like this isn't Catwoman this hasn't been her thing and so you learn this, you get this back and forth. This is really like nice thing that this writer does a few times. It's writer Tom King, who did this whole run where they write letters to each other. Um, Batman and Catwoman in this run a lot. And that will become the captions for an entire issue. So you're seeing all this action happen. But in the background is this letter between the two of them. Um, that kind of the, the action is kind of showing like kind of giving emotion to the letter in different ways. And um, this first one, I believe, is um, to her, uh, from her to him. The, the wording is a little blurry, but hopefully it doesn't do too bad. I can read it. But basically, she's saying to him, isn't kind of like silly that you're a rich kid and uh, you're doing this? She's like, I, I grew up from nothing. I had to live in an orphanage, but I, I got put in a really nice orphanage you know orphanage i got put in i got put into your parents orphanage (laughs) the thomas and martha wayne orphanage oh my gosh and inside the thomas and martha wayne orphanage was this image of you guys of you and your family and um what's so funny about it is like i looked up to you i'm like that kid looks kind of sad i wonder why he's sad he has everything and it becomes really cute thing of like she she grew up looking at him and it's something that's never really established before because like like they talk about her being poor and stuff, but like she mm-hmm. knew who Bruce Wayne was as a kid. And that was like someone she looked at every day. That's so wild. Oh my goodness. I had and a, she, si- Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, no, no, you, you go for it. I was just uh, reflecting on that energy of it, I didn't look up to somebody my whole childhood and then eventually fall in love with them. But I do remember actively like, seeing uh like street signs of like somebody that i later on met as a coworker have like street signs and like political advertisements or whatever because they, they were much older than i was but to to meet that person be like wait that was you the signs that i kept seeing off the side of the interstate when i was a kid like holy crap so just amplifying that to the batman and catwoman degree of like oh my gosh that must have been wild but she kept that to herself the whole time because i would not have been able to keep that to myself the whole time yeah and it's it's pretty funny because the letter then goes on i didn't get the whole letter because i'm like i don't want to read a whole issue of a comic book but um the letter continues on to basically say like 
we wear these masks and we have this song and dance and we're both in extreme pain. Like she's like, my, my child was traumatic. Your child was traumatic. And we both carry this pain. But for that one moment that we kiss each other, there's no pain. Isn't that kind of silly? Aren't we just a bunch of silly, <laughs> silly people doing this silly thing? So his letter is the next issue and his, it's kind of his response to hers. Um, and this is in this they they kind of had this back and forth in earlier issues, but this run really establishes them calling each other Bat and Cat, which is I mean it's the ship name right, but it's literally like yeah. him going like Hey Cat, and she goes Hey Bat, like it's it's really it's really cute. I love that so much. But when he talks about like it, like she talks about how silly he is that he dresses up and stuff like that, and he goes, um. I don't I don't find it that silly. He's like, I think of you and I think like I think about how my mother and father and the whole world la- would laugh at me if they knew who I was and anything like that. But he's like, but you wouldn't. You don't laugh at me because you yeah. know exactly why I do this and you know exactly the pain I feel when I do this. So you don't laugh at me. You just understand me. And then he kind of ends. He's like, um, so he's like, yeah. So when we kiss, the pain goes away. And it's because in that moment, we share the death um, that we both kind of hang on to. We both share death. And, and in that letter, and this is again one of the a little content warning about like self harm, but like this is something that again is never talked about in the comics before this. And some people would either hate this because they are too, I think, hard to self reflect and realize people, people, these characters are like, I like comic books when they let the characters be real. Yes, you can have Bat God, which is the Batman who knows everything, can stop Dark Side with a bullet and everything like that. But these characters matter to me a lot because they feel real most of the time. And in this letter, he reveals to her before he became Batman, before he made the decision, he tries to kill himself because he can't handle the burden of losing his parents. And Alfred finds him and saves him and he gets over it. And that's when the, but that's when the bat flies in, he realizes what he needs to do. And he goes, so I became Batman and I became my own suicide. I became, he said, he says, I am suicide because I am the thing that will kill Bruce Wayne. I Batman will kill Bruce Wayne at some point. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And then like, it's like in face value, it's really dumb, but honestly, it's so profound. Like I'm, I'm trying not to cry because like, I really love the, the oh. idea that he realizes that what I'm doing now, this is my constant suicide that I'm doing. Um, yeah. And you're the only one that understands it because you also put on a costume. There, this is so deep. Oh goodness, I'm having a moment. I'm ah, ah and ah, I love this kind of stuff so much. Like not the not the 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 trauma part, but the storytelling aspect yeah. of it. It's like it, especially when there's a storytelling or like a writing. I don't want to say trope, but like a thing like in I've been reading Berserk and mm-hmm. there's so many things in Berserk that if anybody else did it it would just be bad yeah but somehow they do it so good and it's like oh my god I'm, I'm I, I I'm having a moment with you we're in this together <laughs> um so before I dive like super deep after what happens after this plot line is um I, I did say I wanted to mention other superheroes and stuff where there is a really weird established for especially with these really famous relationships like Clark Kent, Lois Lane, Peter Parker and Mary Jane or Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy, uh, Reed Richards and Sue Storm, like the Fantastic Four relationships, anything like that. It's a hero either falling in love and marrying a very normal or not normal, but very strong woman. Right. 
yeah. but they're not a criminal or any anyway. They're not. There's no negative about them in that way. Um, you can kind of say that the Peter Parker and uh, Black Cat story, like romance, is kind of that, but that comes after Batman and Catwoman, so I'm not gonna because that that kind of like they that reason that exists is because Batman and Catwoman exist. Mm-hmm. But there's very few of these really famous and powerful romances in in the big continuity comics that it's Batman who is justice incarnate and Catwoman who is a thief. (laughs) She is a criminal. She is everything that he said he would not like. She's not a murderer, except for what they say right now in this rat in the story. But for him, she like she's she's spinning in the face of his mask. She's spinning in the face of the oath that he gave to his parents. Yet he can't stop loving her in any way. Like once he meets her, he's like, I'm in. I'm, this is it. You, I picked you. This is it now. <laughs> so I think, I think that one aspect of their relationship is something that keeps being brought up and puts a weird, weird nail between them, but is one of those things where no other comic book relationship can do this dynamic in this way. And if they do, it kind of always falls flat for me. Because there's something so honest about a man being like, I know I made all these promises to other people, but for you, they're out the window. <laughs> um, it don't matter. So after after this mission, she has to go back to jail because she's accused of killing all these people. And she says she did it. <gasps> but they kind of have like a, a reprieve before that happens. And he's like, hey, let's just have a night together. And they do, they have, she's like, he's like, what do you want to do? And she's like, well, what do you want to do? We have a night before I have to go back to prison. And he goes, and it, the bat signal pops up behind him. And he kind of like tilts his head to look at it. And she goes, oh, I know what you want to do. And like the f- next 10 pages is them beating up a bunch of his villains together. Oh, oh my goodness. And he's like, okay, well, I think, I think we're done with that for the night, but we still have some night left. What do you want to do? She's like, well, we did what you want to do. So let's do what I want to do. And he has to help her rob a, a, a jewelry store oh my gosh he's like and like at the moment like she's like cutting through the glass he's like i really don't like that we're doing this she's like we got to do what you wanted to do so mm. now we get to do what i want to do and you learn like this really insignificant thing that she robs has full of diamonds so like it wasn't ever insignificant and she doesn't want them she just tosses them on the roof that they're on and this this two story this two issue story is called rooftops because that's where they always meet. They always meet on the rooftops. They're always chasing each other on these rooftops. And the first part of that issue kind of ends with them just having sex on this rooftop because they're like, they're in this moment together and they're out of costume and they're just on top of everything. And the next one opens up um, with them kind of recounting their romance. And this is what I was talking about, like that continuity shift is really kind of important to this part of the romance because the writer knows there's two origins to the romance and he's going to use it. So it starts off with captions, them kind of talking and he goes, it was on a boat and she goes, no, it was on the street. And he goes, no, 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 you're an old lady. And she goes, no, you look like some dirty homeless man. And he's like, yeah, you were in disguise and you were trying to rob someone. She's like, no, you were like fighting these thugs on the street and I helped you. (laughs) Like, and they're having this old couple debate of how they met each other because there's two different versions of how they met each other. That's so cool. And so clever. I love that. And so he's and he comes basically says, I know you too well. I know you didn't kill those people. And she goes, but I did. I I did it. I said I did it. I did it. He goes, I'm going to I know you did it. I want to figure out what's going on here. 
and it turns out she's protecting um that woman but way back when they meet on the street that batman was like trying to protect she's protecting that girl who actually did it um and she did it by accident it was not like her purpose to accidentally burn down this orphanage. It just kind of happened. Um, oh, but no. someone had to be blamed and Catwoman was going to take the blame because she didn't want her friend's life to be ruined. No. And as much as Batman kind of like understands this, he kind of can't stand for it. So he goes after her. And the lady runs and basically Catwoman was like, well, I'm free now, kind of, but I'm still going to be hunted because they think I still did it. And now my only proof that I didn't do it is gone because <laughs> you kind of got in the way of things. And it, the story arc ends with him coming back to Alfred and goes, she stole it. She stole something from me. He goes, what did she steal? She, she, she didn't steal anything. She goes, she stole the night. She, she stole, she stole the night for me, which is Aww. the idea of like her stealing time that he had because she's now gone. So, there's a lot more back and forth that they have and that he finally catches up to her again. And he realizes that he kind of needs to make a move. Finally, like this, this whole storyline is Batman kind of realizing that he's a, he's human and time's kind of moving. And so he finally needs to make, he make, he makes some moves in his life. And he goes, basically, remember, remember I said that we met on a boat and you stole this diamond and she goes, well, it's the street, but okay, continue. Um, <laughs> And he goes, that diamond, as soon as after the next day, after the diamond went back, I bought the diamond. And I knew as soon as I bought the diamond when I was going to use that diamond. And that diamond is right here right now. Do you want to marry me? Aww. So that first thing that he caught her stealing, he bought and held on to it because he knew one day he was going to ask her to marry him. And he's like, but that moment, she's just a thief, a typical thief. Oh my gosh, look at him go. Look at, look at our poor boy growing up. He's growing um, up. He's in love. Look at him. So this leads into another story storyline that again is very divisive called the war of jokes and riddles. And it's Batman basically like, okay, if we're going to get married, you got to know the secret about me. And the secret was there was this really nasty gang war that you like, she knew about it because she was a part of it at points between the Riddler and the Joker that ended, ended up killing like over a hundred people or something like in the crossfire. And he goes like, I was so young and so naive that I thought I could stop this with debate and stuff as Batman that I lost my cool and almost killed the Riddler and the Joker stopped me from killing the Riddler. And so the only person that stopped me from ever crossing that line was literally my mortal enemy. <laughs> and you need to know that secret about me because no one else does. My goodness gracious. And she basically says, dude, <laughs> we're humans. <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. But if you think like, I don't like he and he says to her, like, you don't have to love me after hearing this. She's like, you don't think I love you after hearing about you just having a faulty moment. So she basically says to him, she goes, Bruce, I need you to just ask me again to marry you, but don't be a boy. Just ask. <laughs> and they do. So Aww. now we enter this uh my, one of my favorite like runs of stories called the engagement story arc, basically. It's a bunch of like small vignette stories, like two to three issues of um, Bruce kind of having to break the news to some people um, that he's marrying Selena. One, he does this again. This is another big Bruce thing. He doesn't tell any of the boys. Alfred tells the boys. <laughs> wow. And it especially makes Damien, who's his biological son, mad that he's marrying this criminal. But not just that, like, I think for Damien, there's always 
this sense that he would marry his mother. Like they would, they would reconcile and get back together. Oh no. And so that becomes a really interesting dynamic, but that leads into then the first storyline of this where he, they have to go to Talia and they have to talk to her because she's harboring the woman that is actually to blame for killing all those people. And they need that woman back to prove that Catwoman is innocent and she can have her freedom and not have to worry about it. So there's this great dynamic between Talia and Selena where this is, it gets kind of messy because there's a moment in Batman history where Talia was not respected super well. And they made it seem like that she assaulted Bruce to have Damien, but that was never really the case. They really oh. did like each other. And like, there's many other issues that prove that they like, he did love her. He was in love with her. She's like the only other person, but she's like a straight up, like her, her and race are like terrorist group. Like it's a terrorist group. Right. So like, he's like, I can't though. <laughs> like, this is literally something I cannot do. Um, it's not a line I can allow to cross. So they never like get together really. Um, except for that one moment that leads to having Damien. So this is interesting because it's basically the only other person he's ever really fully been in love with now facing the person he's engaged with. And Talia's like, do you have a sword? We got a, we got a sword fight about this. And the only sword around is literally in Bruce's shoulder. And Selene's like, fine. And just rips it out of his body. Oh my God. And that's just, I, I put that moment in. It's not like really about the romance. It's just how cool Selene to Kyle is that she was like, oh, you know, you know, I know, I know I love you, but also I need the sword. So hold on. Thanks for holding that for me. Uh, I need that for a sec. And they have this nice back and forth where Talia goes, do you really think she's like being married means you guys are equals. Like you think that you, you really think that you're equal to this man, this great detective, this person that like is impenetrable in like his knowledge and his skills and things. And she goes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think I am. And then Talia's like, well, I laugh at that because like, you're definitely not. Basically, Selena's whole argument is Batman is all about justice. He's all about saving the innocent. He's all about doing what's right. And for that, he will betray everybody. He will betray you. And he'll betray me. And he'll betray everybody he cares about if that means he gets justice. And you know what? I don't care about that because he is the stupid man that I love. <laughs> Aww. And so that kind of that kind of ends their argument. She's like, you love him. You're full if you love this man. And they have this sword fight. And basically, Talia, uh, Talia gets um, gets her butt handed to her by Catwoman. And she gets impaled the same way that Batman gets impaled with the sword. And like Catwoman's like, hey, now you can hold the sword. And she puts it in her shoulder. <laughs> um, oh, my and gosh. As Talia's as, as Selena's getting the, the person back, her uh, Talia and Bruce talk together. And he goes, Talia. And she goes, detective. She goes, so, that, so that's your engaged too? And he goes, yep. And she goes, you know what? I like her. So it's like one of those things where like the last engagement person kind of gives approval. And the storyline ends with Damien's there. And he goes, so you got my dad? Yep. And you got the person you need? Yep. And she goes, what, 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 how's my mom? Like, you saw my mom. How, how's she doing? She goes, well, she stabbed your dad in the back. And I kind of stabbed her in the back. And Damien goes, oh, okay. I see things haven't changed. <laughs> So then the next story arc is uh, he doesn't tell Clark right away. He doesn't tell Superman, who's his best friend, that he's getting engaged. But they set up this like double date thing. And it was just back oh and forth goodness. between kind of juxtaposed between Clark Kent, Lois Lane and Selena Kyle and Bruce, where they're 
both Bruce and, and Clark are like, well, he didn't call me. So why should I call him? And both of them are like, dude, just call your best friend to talk about this, please. I love that. It's just like, dude, just talk about it. Damn it. Yeah. And so they have this nice back and forth where they go on this double date. And um, there's this great moment that I'm loading in the images right now where they meet each other and <laughs> and Superman's like, I didn't see you come in. He's like, you're not supposed to see me come in. I'm Batman. He goes, why'd you take the elevator? You're Superman. He's like, well, I hate breaking in the floors. And they're having like this back and forth, like stupid boy debate. And Lois goes, hey, I'm Lois Lane. You must be Catwoman. Nice to meet you. Because <laughs> they had never met. Oh, my goodness. So they have to they go to this carnival and the carnival has to be you have to be in costume. The only costumes they have are literally their Batman and Superman costumes and their Catwoman costume. So what they do is they swap costumes for the night. Oh, my so Bruce gosh. dresses like Superman. Clark dresses like Batman. Lois dresses like Catwoman and 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 Selena just dresses like I mean, whatever Lois dresses. And she threatens the guy at the things like, let me in, <laughs> like, just let me in. Oh, I love this image of the meeting corn dogs. That's yeah, cute. and like he's like, I'm gonna have to kick a lot of like Bruce is like, I'm gonna have to kick a lot of trees after eating this corn dog. And Lois like, why do you have to kick a tree? And I was just kind of referencing that there's these images that show him training as a kid, like he kicked trees that get stronger and stuff. And Clark is like, I, I kicked a tree once, felt so bad. I just planted a bunch of trees after that. And Slay's <laughs> so like, just shut up and eat your corn dogs, please. Oh my gosh. And then um kind of to show the juxtaposition between the relationships. Uh they do the tunnel of love and when Clark and Lois come out, they're like, Oh, that was a nice time. And then when Bruce and Selena come out, they're just straight making out on top of each other. Oh my gosh. And then well, it becomes yeah. Oh, sorry. I was like, this does kind of have a little bit of that new love versus a long term love kind of energy at the same time. Yeah, and like them finally accepting that they can just be together versus people who've been together for like 10 years. Yeah. And then they talk about how like her and um, Selena brings in a flask, of course. Oh, no, actually, Lois brought in the flask and they're like, they're drinking while the boys are trying to play baseball together and talking about like, Selena's like, it's stupid. When I fall, he catches me. And that's kind of like what, why, like, I love him. He's always there. And she's like, you must not understand at all. Like, it's literally Lois Lane, the most damsel and distressed damsel in all of comic books. And so that's very cute. And then the last part of the real engagement storyline is there's this storyline where you learn that Bruce and Wonder Woman, like Batman and Wonder Woman made this deal that if this man ever called for their help, that they would have they would help him. And so this deal finally gets called. And so Wonder Woman and, and Batman I have to go help this guy. And that means it's a, it's a weird, it's a comic thing where like this man fights in this dimension, to, to save the universe for eons and time moves differently there. So like one minute here is a hundred years there or whatever. Right. Yeah. So they have to take care of it. They don't, they don't age. Time doesn't really move. So they age or anything. So it's Wonder Woman and Bruce have to go do this thing and they're there for days. So they're, at, they're the only two people there for years while selena is like stuck here talking to this guy and she's like wait a second they're telling me that they're now been in there for decades compared to us you go back right now and bring him back to me and there was this really big controversial end of the first half of the story arc where it looks like wonder woman and him were gonna kiss in the other dimension 
because they had like a kind of like an on and off thing in the past before too. And they've been the only two people around each other for years now. Right. Yeah. Um, and people are like, are, is he really going to have him cheat on Catwoman while they're engaged? Like, is this really what's going to happen? And they don't, you learn that they don't. Oh, good. Okay. And what, and, and one of them at the end of it all goes, everybody says you're a criminal, right? That you just steal things. Uh, well, I think you're wrong because I see you as a hero because you've finally made my my friend very happy. Oh. <laughs> and at the end, Bruce goes, "I have something I have to tell you. It's like important." And she he, she goes, "Wow, thirty seven years of Wonder Woman. Were you bad at all?" And he goes, "Not bad, but not good enough." And she goes, "Okay." And he goes, "This is new, but I'm really trying to like really stick." whatever he's like she goes yeah, okay cool but try harder next time please like don't get close to it next time yeah please thanks appreciate it bud <laughs> so that kind of leads into the big wedding issue that uh, they've been building to everybody's like oh, i can't wait for them to get married and in the background there's like there's that worry like will they won't they get married because this is comics we're talking about and this is another issue where they're writing letters to each other there's a small issue before that where you learn that her wedding dress, which was designed by like a woman, thankfully. Cause a lot of like wedding dresses and comics are like designed by dudes who are the artists, but like the woman, yeah. they're like an actual woman designed this wedding dress. So it looks really cool. Hell yeah. But she steals the wedding dress and doesn't tell him because she just needed to do that one more time. You need to do a crime one more time. Yeah. And on the way to the wedding, she's talking to the, the, one of her friends and she's like am i am i like am i a hero for doing this he's like do people really think i'm gonna be a hero she goes yeah of course you're gonna be a hero after everything you've done and you're wearing batman you're gonna be a hero now like you're just gonna be a hero and that kind of eats at her in a weird way it's like is that what i is that what i want and also bruce at the same time is asking like i'm i'm gonna be happy now don't i deserve to be happy and Alfred's like, dude, after everything, you were, the, of course, you're, you deserve to be happy after all the sacrifice you made. And Selena kind of leaves him at the altar there. Aww. And for a moment, he realizes that she did. And he's like, you know what? I'm going back to work. Uh, and he jumps off the roof and he's like going back to being Batman. And it becomes a weird thing where the storylines after this, he becomes much meaner there's um have you ever seen the movie 12 angry men no um they basically do a parody of that movie where it's 12 jurors trying to decide if mr freeze is guilty of something and bruce wayne is one of the jury members but he's also Mm -hmm. batman the guy that put him there (laughs) um and he's like i think batman was wrong because that he knows that he went too hard and he knows he kind of beat the confession out of mr freeze and he doesn't know if he was right actually or not and so there's stuff like that and that keeps and the hits kind of keep on happening for Bruce where Dick gets shot in the head and he thinks he loses his first son and things like that just kind of keep on happening. And it's just back to back, just bad news for Bruce Wayne for a while, which leads into this story arc called Nightmares. Uh, it's another very controversial story arc with this writer. He, he, I think this writer doesn't intentionally tell controversy, but people just like don't like him messing with a good thing sometimes. Yeah. Um, where they're very disjointed and confusing stories. But if you read them in a row, you're realizing that he's, this is literally every nightmare Batman has in a row. Um, one is like his son, his Damien becoming a murderer. Uh, one is like just not being able to catch somebody that he's been chasing forever. And the last storyline is, um, 
is a, a, the it's called like I think it's called a dance, and it's a dance between him and Catwoman. And there's subplots and stuff going on that kind of like who's the real bad guy of this whole story arc? Um, who you, turns out is his dad, but that's a whole other story. Ayo. But uh, he asks her in this nightmare. He's like, like, why why couldn't we get married? Like, why why'd you leave? And he, and he she goes in this nightmare. You don't love me. You don't know how to love me. Because you love this too much. You love all this too much. There's no way you can love me. And he goes, but I do love, like, I love you, Kat. I love you so much. And she goes, you don't, you can't. I'm sorry. Like, you just don't. And that's his nightmare. Is like, that's what she really thinks. And she's like, it was a nice dance, but I got to go now. Like, this is over. And that's how that, like, nightmare ends for him. Like, I can see it, though, a little bit of, like, yeah. she was worried about her autonomy. She's just becoming a wife. She's not even there. Her identity is being ripped from her by entering this marriage. And I don't think he even really acknowledged that. Yeah. There's that underlying thing. where it's like, what does she have to give away everything she loves to do because she's marrying this man? And he, and he just kind of assumes that everything will be okay. <laughs> um, so that leads into another big story arc where he loses Gotham. And because of all of this trauma that's been happening, and he gets left for dead somewhere. And uh, who comes to save him, of course, is her. She shows back up. And it's, it's been a, like a, been like a dozen or so issues where she hasn't really been around. And uh, she finds him. And when she first finds him in the snow, like half dead, she just grabs him by the collar and goes, it was the street. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, she's like, you want to take your city back, then you got to learn from me. We're going to do it my way. We're going to get this guy. Um, Bane has become the big bad guy in this part of the story. And we're going to get him back and we're going to do it my way. And we're going to do it dirty and you're going to have to live with it. So there's this whole kind of like them on a honeymoon is basically what the story arc is a pseudo honeymoon, but it's really also him building back up his confidence and strength in things. And there's this there's image that I said, so she goes, how do you feel? And he goes, I'm fine. And she goes, Oh, bat. I like how you lie to me. <laughs> She can oh, just read goodness. him. Also, I love that they draw him as Magnum P.I. because he has to be in disguise because Bruce Wayne's so famous. Oh, my goodness. And, and they're um, kayaking. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very it, I love this part is a very cute part for them. And they have this other interaction where they're not in the same room. They're not sleeping in the same room. They're like the rooms are adjacent so they can talk through the wall. And um, she goes, these walls are really too thin. I can hear that you're awake. And when you're awake, I'm awake. So please go to sleep. And he goes, I'm awake. And she's like, how do you know? And he's like, how do you know I'm awake? And she goes, you're breathing. I can tell when you're sleeping because your breathing changes. You have all this tension and then you stop. You don't, you let it go. And he goes, I'm just breathing. I don't let it go. She's like, you let it go when you're with me. And it's like, it's, you guys marry. <laughs> like, just get married. <laughs> ah, just do it. <laughs> and she goes, just go to sleep. I'm tired of worrying about you. She goes, he's like, I'm fine. Everything's fine. She goes, don't you ever get tired of lying? And he goes, yes, all the time. Oh, my goodness. I need to know. Yeah, I don't mean to interrupt this particular page. This last one you sent mm -hmm. um, and the one before that. Uh, who is the artist? I need to thank them for drawing Bruce Wayne like this. I need. Yeah, them. yeah. his name is Clay Mann. Uh, he draws everybody extremely hot. He, um, does. He, he does a lot of these story arcs, especially near the end. Yeah, he's he's oh, he's very good. Mm. So they have this thing on the 
where, where they kind of reestablish their relationship through this and kind of reconnect. And she kind of admits to him, like, that's what I was afraid about that. You would just kind of take my life away if we got married. He goes, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. We would figure it out. And he goes, we were close and we didn't make it. And that broke me and that ruined everything. Like that's why I fell so far. But never at one point during all of this did I blame you and thought this was your fault because you left me at the altar. Like I didn't ever blame you. It was just my fault. I broke. And you believe that if I just that you needed to leave me so I could still be Batman and you could be you. And you believed it. But he's like, I don't need any of that. All I need right now is you because I'm not fine and I need you. <laughs> like that's really what it comes oh. down to. Um, and so they kiss on the beach and they go, um, at, at the end, she's like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to get your city back, everything. And I love this last line before they kiss at the end of this issue. Oh, poor, she goes, oh, poor rich boy. You have no idea what you're getting into. <laughs> and so oh, they do a no. bunch of like kind of small missions to kind of get into back into the groove of things. And it ends the, like the honeymoon part ends with him thanking her for kind of like reestablishing who he is. And he goes, it was on the street or it was on the boat. I don't care. I just know you. And we kind of like, they basically reestablish their relationship at this moment. So that that issue also ends with like, you know what? We met on the beach. And he goes, yeah, we met on the beach, didn't we? Aww. And I love this last part. She's like, oh, we agree. Holy, whatever curse word you want to throw in there because they bleep it out in these books. But he goes, Bane is in trouble now. (laughs) (laughs) She's so sassy. I love her. Yeah. Goodness. And that leads into this big old, this, again, this another part where like if we were talking about just Batman in general, I would talk about the, a certain part of the story that makes me cry. But he's uh, fighting Bane. And he tells Bane he was going to fight him one on one. And he goes, wait, you said one on one. He goes, yeah, I lied. And then Catwoman appears so, like it's them taking him out together. Oh, my gosh. So then this whole like story arc ends with them not technically getting married. But them kind of going back and forth about should we get married? We should get married, right? And then like, we'll get married tomorrow at this time. I'll get the judge and everything. And they oversleep and they forget to do it. And she basically oh, just says to him, you know what? let's just like stop trying to get married because through everything we're bat and cat we're forever. And you know what? I love you. <laughs> like that's basically where it ends. Was like, we don't have to get married to say this is us. We are just us. That is so sweet. But that is not where I'm going to end it because this writer, Tom King, had this bit longer storyline and he had to get cut off from the main Batman book. Uh, some people like to say it's because of the marriage thing where he like said they were getting married. They weren't. And there's so much backlash for that. But I, I don't know. You never know with edit- editing and stuff. Um, but he said he had done the 12 issues that he wanted to write that he didn't get to write for this. So that but he's such a popular writer besides the like the chuds online who like to be mean Mm -hmm. like the wedding backlash for them not getting married was so so negative from so many loud like it's a minority but it was such a loud minority that for like the next year at conventions he had to hire a bodyguard it's wild it's so wild (laughs) i mean like even i i can't fat what like yeah i was i was upset about it too but like to get uh, aggressive like that nutty Mm -mm. so there's this book that he does his 12 issue series called batman catwoman which is uh did you ever see did you ever watch batman the animated series i've seen some of it i haven't seen a lot of it but i have seen some of it 
did you ever see the movie they did called Mask of Phantasm? No. And there, there was this character with a hook hand and stuff. Mm-mm. Um, he finally brings that character into the comics, and there's a weird thing where she was like a deep romance for the animated series Batman. So they kind of like bring that continuity in, and it's a weird back and forth. It's all about the holidays and stuff. It's really, it's really interesting book that kind of tells life at a timeline. Like it opens up with Selena as an old lady killing the Joker, who's an old man. And it kind of establishes what? why she does why does she do this as an old woman and where's Bruce and all this and her their daughter is the new Batman and stuff. And so there's a lot of there's a lot of that going on in there. But I like these small moments that kind of want to wrap around with where in the holiday special that they did for that series, there's this moment with small Selena in the orphanage where she's drawing a picture of a cat and she's talking to Bruce in the painting. Like he's there. Aww. And she goes, you look so sad. I just drew you this cat because I think you might like it. And then it shows her like a little bit older. And she goes, everybody's crying even though it's Christmas. And I don't think you're supposed to cry at Christmas. It's a rule that, that Santa has, right? Like you shouldn't cry, except, et cetera, et cetera. She's like, I don't have a mom or a dad either. And I heard you lost yours recently. And it's not so bad. If you want to talk to me, you can at any point. And, she, and she's still just talking to his, his painting. And she goes, if you don't have any friends, I could be your friend. I think I could be your best friend. Oh, <laughs> and so like, that's really that's that's just really good. And it and it kind of then jumps forward in time to when they're older. And mm-hmm. you kind of if you learn that, like, there's this great image, like, oh, the, the signal's out. He's like, I should go. And she goes, Bruce, it's Christmas. Let your daughter handle it. And she goes, what is it? He's like, what is this? Am I getting old? And she's like, of course you are. Look at you. <laughs> and he goes, what does it all mean? For, like the vow, the war, all of this that I do. She goes, it doesn't mean much. It just means you won because you can now like be here with me on Christmas. Oh. You learn in, in this, in this storyline and there's a, there's a annual that you kind of get this established that at some point fighting one of the, these villains, he gets really bad radiation um, poisoning. And so like, he's like, I mean, he's like in the seventies or whatever, but he's dying of cancer because of this. Um, and so she's taking care of them as he's like, she's watching him kind of die, which is very sad. It's, it's, it's a very it's sad, so sad thing, but they're back on the beach in this one shot, like where he's like really close to dying. And she goes like a Christmas. It should be, it should be snowing right now. She goes, Bruce, just try to enjoy yourself. He goes, it's, it's quiet here all the time. She goes, she goes, he goes, are you enjoying yourself? She goes, no, but at least I'm like just freaking trying to like, you should do it. <laughs> I'm trying so you should and then this last panel I sent is like her at his grave like she remember all and she just can't stop wanting to talk to him which I find so heartbreaking but also like just beautiful at the same time mm-hmm. He she says here is like the, talking about um how one of her cats died and how much their daughter took it hard and she goes here. So you said the pain was because she was feeling because uh, she was feeling was because of that life that was lost and that life was good. And so pain is good because of that. Like, it's good that we feel the pain when someone dies because life is good. Right. Um, she goes, I remember every word of that. And now you're gone. And I wanted you to hear this. You were wrong. You stupid man for all your smarts and your money and your work. You were an idiot, Bruce. There's nothing good about this pain because he's gone for her yeah and what's so funny is like that's the middle of that holiday special 
And then it cuts to how they get married. And I really love it because like, yeah, this maybe isn't canon, but this is in the future. So it can be like, I, I like to think this is they get eloped in like a Vegas chapel with Clark and Lois as their, um, as their kind of like witnesses. Mm-hmm. And then it cut back to them talking about getting married. And she goes, I mean, I kind of like you, but if I marry you, I don't want to have to become a wife that takes care of everything, cleans, does the dish. I don't want to be domesticated. And I don't want to do that because I just kind of like you. And I don't know even know what that means yet. And he's beating the crap out of this guy. As you can see, he's beating the crap out of Killer Croc. Yeah. He goes, I love you. And I know exactly what that means to me. And she goes, excuse me. And like freaks out because like, this is a man who's just beating the crap out of this guy and saying like, I know how much I love you. And I know what that means to me. So I'm whatever. It's fine. As long as you're around, I really don't give a shit. <laughs> and that, that last issue um, ends with them getting married by a guy in an Adam West Batman costume playing oh the wrong God. music he's supposed to play like some wedding music but it plays christmas music and they they kiss married batman and catwoman to um a very lovely christmas song no and that's kind of like the the longest short of their relationship but i think it's just one of those relationships where like the dynamics between the two continue to keep it interesting and they're still not married in like the main comics and stuff but they um like she leaves town in the most recent stuff and he goes why'd you leave and she's like i just needed like no i can do this myself without you around without any of that and he's like you know what? i understand have at it <laughs> i'll be around if you need me oh i like i love their it's they're not perfect they're they, they have their flaws they recognize each other's flaws they love each other for those flaws and they still somehow yet communicate like maybe not immediately but all the time but i i really appreciate that because you know growing up like there's just a whole lot of what relationships are supposed to be or like quote unquote supposed to be or they're always perfect and there's always a super happy ending but i really love the what's the word i'm looking for it's just very i guess this is the best way to describe it it's just very dark and there's a lot of edges to it and you can move it around like it's like a chunk of lava glass or something and it's still beautiful, even though they've got their problems. And I I have such a huge new appreciation for this now because I just thought it was, oh, it's just because they're two goth superheroes that hang out at night. But it's like, no, there's so much more. Yeah. And, <laughs> and like, I love I, that so much. And I think like there's some moments in the Tom King run where like not knowing the the further backstory of a lot of these characters in the world and stuff might be a small hindrance but he does a really good job of like putting everything in the page that you just need to know um so if anybody just is like is curious about this like the the whole overarching storyline is is not just about them they're they're a huge part of it like their relationship but that whole storyline which is like 80 something issues becomes also a father-son story where an alternate version of his dad is in that world and he's like oh my son's like killing himself being this hero because of some stupid vow I'm going to break him and tell him how stupid this is and ends up being like Bruce being like, I don't need your, I don't need my dad's approval to live in my life <laughs> uh, to marry who I want to marry. Cause like, do you find out like that's kind of one of the big wedges that happens is secretly his dad's been orchestrating their breakup, but first he orchestrated like the intense romance to break his son. 
Uh, wait, I need to backtrack. His dad's alive. Yeah, it's it's a really weird thing where like when the universes get all kind of shattered and stuff, an alternate version of his dad gets left there. Who is the Batman in an alternate reality? He goes, oh, I don't mind. I want my son to be Batman because that ruined my life. So I need to break him of this somehow. Oh, okay. And, and that's like the under underarching plot of the whole thing. That's a really um, screwed up way to do that, though. Yeah, it's extremely screwed <laughs> up. And it, it ends in one of my favorite lines of any Batman book where he's like, it's it's my it's my life. Like, it's literally my life. And it's not some stupid vow anymore. It's literally me. So, no, <laughs> I'm going to keep doing this. Um, Fuck you, dad. Yeah. <laughs> but. I think the romance of it, though, is so strong on its own that it's I, th- I thought it was good enough to just talk about. Absolutely. Like, I I absolutely adore this. I'm a sucker for romance and romance comedies, just like the next guy. But this this is so this tickles my like demisexual side, if you will. Like there's it's not just because they're hot and it's not just because there's like, quote, quote unquote supposed to be together they are but there's so much to it and it fits together so nicely and ah i love it and they're just like yeah there's the per- the perfect like differences like they both fill in the different needs that they want and it does it doesn't hurt that they're both extremely hot like it oh like, yeah like this is really why bruce wayne's like one of the biggest playboys because even if his body's all scarred up his face is good <laughs> The scars are so cool, though. Yeah. Oh, there's goodness. A, there's a, a great moment that I didn't screen cap where she basically, he he wants to go, like, fight crime or something. She's like, stop it for a second. And she, like, undresses. She's like, come here for a second. And they, she looks at the mirror and she look at us. Both of us, just, like, just naked. Like, look at us. This is who we are. With the masks or without. And, like, in the shadow of behind them, kind of like in the last panel where they're kissing it shows them in the same position in their costumes like that's the same person so you don't have to pretend to be this hero or whatever because we are the same people inside and outside of these masks now so good yeah oh that uh that 12 issue series kind of piggies back and forth of like what if when they do get married like what does that relationship look like and there's like a moment where she doesn't tell him about one of the joker's plots because like to her the joker is kind of a friend <laughs> but and he gets really mad at her about it he's like you like he's, he's like you're just one of them aren't you like i'm never gonna break you of that you're always gonna just be one of them and i can't trust you to help me with these things so she's like, you know what screw you i'm out and like she walks out on him for a bit and things like that and I think those dynamics, they weren't like super necessary to kind of cover, but I think that's also super interesting that the writer kind of dives into that. Yeah. There's going to be conflict and superhero conflict in relationships is probably going to be way nuttier than a normal person conflict. Yeah, totally. And I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that a lot. And there's a weird like um, pushback, I think, with a lot of fans that your characters can't change. And the same thing with like higher up editorials is like, well, we can't have Batman get married because I'll make them old. I mean, that's the whole reason Mary Jane and Peter Parker uh, aren't married anymore. And they do that really terrible retcon that they did. Uh, it's because the executives thought, well, if Peter Parker's married, then he can't relate to teenagers anymore. What? Yeah. Like they're like, well, Peter Parker just being married makes him too old. And we don't want him to feel too old to these younger readers. So break him up. And it's just it's just kind of weird that 
those stigmas are still kind of hanging around with where the sophistication of stories, especially people who read these stories now, they want these characters to kind of evolve and change and grow. And yeah, you can have a little bit of a status quo, but let the, let it shake up every once in a while. Yeah, I there was something that released that had that same energy, and I'm trying to was it Kingdom Heart? It was Kingdom Hearts four or three, whichever one. Yeah, the newest Kingdom Hearts that came out a couple of years ago, and it's like I I know that they were trying to make the game for young audiences, you know, like they're usually trying to sell it off to teens or whatever, but it's like you're whole fan base is like their mid-20s to 30s <laughs> why are you pretending that's not happening right now <laughs> yeah what is going on here i mean i'm sh- there's still stuff in there for for the long-term fans but still like i can that that why haven't companies learned from that yet <laughs> who's doing their market research i have to know <laughs> <sighs> well Roma, do you have any Batman Catwoman questions for me. I'm trying to think. I I guess I'm going to lead in with it a little bit of yeah. I w- I went in with this like I like I said it was just a a brooding man, rich boy, a little out of touch, dead parents, uh fighting crime and that's his thing. And there's a hot lady who's cat burglar, that's a great bit and I got the cat and mouse part, but I'm now just my eyes have been opened up. Hashtag night vision. Now I could see this really beautiful relationship blossoming. And I just I I'm I'm in love with it. And I need to know, is this something that kind of stays within this writer? Or does I'm sure this blossoms outside of this like this this kind of storyline. Like he can't be the only guy who got Batman married, right? Oh, yeah. No, there's definitely like there's a tons of moments before all this where their romance is pretty strong. It, it definitely depends on the writer. Tom King has a, I don't know if it's a good or a bad reputation with people now, where he's very much the wife guy. The wife he, guy. Not only does he talk about his wife in his interviews all the time, but like all of his dudes just want to be wife guys. <laughs> all of his like male characters. Um, he wrote a really great run of Mr. Miracle where like Scott uh, Free, who's Mr. Miracle, is just a, a huge wife guy in it. Like everybody, every time he's like writing a couple the dude is a wife guy. Um, and he kind of makes Bruce a wife guy throughout this storyline. So it's very strong. Cause he's, I think he's really, he's one of those writers who realizes that romance isn't like a genre that has to be by itself. Like it enhances anything it's around. And he's really, I think he's really smart with that stuff. So it's very strong in his run. It's extremely strong in his run, but even, even post his stuff, they bring it up from time to time. And like, he's still thinking about it. Um, there is in the Catwoman comic itself, her, her solo book, Batman's about to show back up in it. And they're like teasing that it's going to be about the romance again. So I'm curious how that's going to pick up. So excited. But for anybody that kind of like doesn't want to read 80 issues of a comic, the movie Batman returns the second, the second Michael Keaton one that has the penguin and Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Um, that has great Batman Catwoman moments. Like if you kind of get past it being a, a weird Tim Burton movie, like their romance is super strong in that. I love that. I love to hear it. And the newest Batman with Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz, like yeah, he's a little broodier, but whenever those two are on screen, like oh yeah, these two like really love. They like each other. Yeah. 
there's a scene early on where like he's holding her to keep her quiet when someone's coming in and you watch her like panic breathing and then she realizes that she kind of likes that he's holding her and like you can watch her like just kind of calm down and look up at him and i like in the theater watching that i'm like this is the good stuff Ooh yeah oh i love that i love to hear it oh we've talked a lot about batman and catwoman but is there uh any other comic couple romances that i know you've mentioned a few i mean we got superman and lois lane and uh peter parker and mary jane but is there any other ones that come to mind on Um, this beautiful valentine's day after (laughs) when this releases I, I do like I did mention there like Batwoman like she's a very strong queer character and I think all of her romances oh, yeah. are very interesting because she's also like dating very strong like women throughout it. She's like she's dating oh, yeah. like R- Renee Montoya who's like one a strong cop which I mean cops and comics that's a whole other thing but mm-hmm. then becomes a superhero in her own right and she's like I, I kind of and then they break up but then every time they see each other like ah, do we want to like just sleep together again? Um, <laughs> you know just as once. <laughs> you, got, you gotta love the messiness of that um and then like i do really like the kind of complexity of the fantastic four like Ree richards and Stu storm but not just that like ben Grimm, who's the thing and his wife i can't remember her name off the top of my head because they have like a they're like the first like on from the jump they were married from the comics like the first issue fantastic four reed and sue were married and so they were the first married couple in comics really and a lot of writers were like uh we should break them up and it gets really messy and it gets weird but whenever they're just like a a, a couple that love each other and they're just trying to be science buddies together it's a lot of fun um Aww. but then with the thing and his wife like he's a big rock man and she's blind so he, it's like the first time that the reason they fall in love is like she can't see him and doesn't think he's a monster and she just feels his face and goes oh i think you're really handsome and he goes oh you think i'm handsome oh that's really cute they're really cute um there's a lot of like good small romances that don't get a lot of time to shine like dick grayson has like two really of the great romances that i don't want to say which one i prefer because then people will start attacking me but like oh no it's not that it's just like there's such strong sides to both like it's him it's either him and barbara gordon um who's batgirl or him and starfire and yeah you're one or the other and you're very and usually most people are very strong one or the other um the current nightwing writer has been really pushing the dick and barbara or dick and babs relationship he gets all the hate from the starfire fans goodness I don't know. I'm super for ethical non-monogamy, so it's like, why not both? I think <laughs> my favorite. We have both. I, I love again. I love messy relationships. I think the most. And my favorite moment is like, Barbara comes over at some point to talk to Dick and like thinks they're thinks that they're having like that, like they're having like a, they're they're starting to build a relationship back up. And when she opens the door, it's just Starfire. They're naked, but she's not like they didn't sleep together or anything. She just literally just like was there changing clothes and just doesn't care about what she looks like. So she opens the door and Barbara's like, I can't believe Dick is sleeping with Starfire <laughs> and walks away. Oh my God. Uh, just very good. So I, like, I love the messy stuff. The drama. And, and I, I love, it. I love the couples that are like, just fun to read when, when the writers are really groove and like Clark and Lois and Spider-Man and Mary Jane are like really good when the writers are like on it. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Oh my gosh. I'm so happy. This is this is good. Thank you. Oh my You're goodness. <sighs> now I'm uh way my partner has a subscription to the DC comic book app. So now I'm probably gonna pick through it and be like, okay, like we gotta have a book club now. Yeah, that's where I got most of these. my screenshots from. So all of it's on there. Perfect. Let's see. I'm trying to think. I feel really. I feel like you. You've explained everything, and you've shared this hyperfixation with me so well that I don't really even think I have any like deep cutting questions or anything because it all it's all just been laid out so nicely. So thank you again. Um, let's see. They're they're just so good. I I, I think about Batman a lot, but I think about Batman and Catwoman almost as much as I just think about Batman by himself. Oh my goodness. I mean, this oh, the 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 art of this Batman is going to be rent free all the time. I just scrolled back up. Mm-hmm. Rent free, right there. Good yeah. man. Yeah, this this run has the best artists on it the entire time. Like, there's not a bad issue, like bad looking issue. Yeah, the composition's beautiful. The colors beautiful. The line, I love it. All of it's very good. It's also refreshing because I read so much manga to see more realistic looking everything instead of cartoony. I, I mean, so I guess good. another relationship that we didn't talk about too much is like the Batman Joker relationship, which depending on who's writing it depends on if it's queer coded or not. Oh, I love me some queer coded. Oh my gosh. Cause Hold there's on. a whole, there's a whole uh, small story arc before the, the wedding issue. Oh, where um the Joker like takes this uh takes this couple hostage who's about to get married and Batman has to go save them and he he incapacitates Batman and Catwoman shows up and they both basically stab each other in the neck <laughs> and they're both bleeding out slowly and Joker goes you know like he's my best friend right <laughs> like this is the Joker talking to me he's like he's my best friend right and if you marry him he'll stop being Batman. And so I have to kill you because I don't want him to stop being Batman. And then he passes out from blood loss before she, before he can try to kill her. Oh my gosh. But I yeah. mean, I get it. I love yeah. that. But also like, hey, yo. It's their relationship is very interesting. And I think I think it's more fun when um the the Joker is feels like he's maybe in love with Bruce, and where where Batman's like you're just so maniac, dude. <laughs> there's another also another great. I just read it recently. The only reason it's in my head is there's a moment where Joker's torturing Lex Luthor for some reason, and Lex is laughing, and Joker's like, "Why are you laughing? I'm torturing you." He's like, "I just wonder if you think about how like he'll never love you, but he loves Catwoman <laughs> and you just mess with the city all day and all night. And he just doesn't care about you, but he loves that Catwoman. And, and Joker goes, oh, I'm going to kill this man. Give me the ax. <laughs> I'm going to just, I'm going to chop him up. <laughs> you found, you found this thing. You found the yeah. thing. You're dead. You found this... the thing. Oh God. I never even, I, well, how did I not? I mean, I don't actively I yeah I don't oh, actively yeah. read comic books so I don't think I would have picked it up but now that I know it's a thing I'm like oh my gosh like why haven't we played with this more oh that's so good I mean I'm sure it's been played with a lot but like yeah. in film maybe like I would love to see that in a movie yeah there, there's less of it in the movies Joker's usually like you're just my antagonist 
a lot. But um, I think what's also interesting is like you compare the Batman Catwoman romance to the Joker Harley Quinn romance, where Harley's like being abused constantly, but she can't leave him for some reason. And then Poison Ivy gets introduced, and she's like, "Hey, hey, but I like you." And that kind of like breaks that abusive cycle. And Catwoman has a huge part in a lot of the comics, helping kind of break Joker's hold off of Harley, which is fun. Oh man, I did watch some of the Harley Quinn animated mm-hmm. series, and I yeah, I love that. I did. I didn't get to any of the parts where in the animated series where they're more like lovey dovey, but definitely seeing the part where she's like, "Dude, like, s- stop worrying about the Joker. Like, you're free now." Yeah, I think there, I think there's a there's a moment where the the three of them are hanging out in the comics and they realize that Catwoman knows who Batman is and they start kind of beating her up because you knew this whole time and you didn't tell us. She's like, "Yeah, because I love the guy. Why would I tell you two who he is?" <laughs> Catwoman's great. My yeah, goodness. she's good. Is there anything else that you'd like to bring up on this lovely Valentine's Day episode? Anything else that comes to mind? I feel like I've kind of exhaustively talked about my my favorite romance. I think for anybody that kind of likes this stuff, feel free to like whenever this comes out, feel free to just bug me for recommendations because I think romance and comics is a lot of fun. This writer, specifically Tom King, that did the major part of this that I talked about. He has an independent book called Love Everlasting right now. And the the main premise of it is, is like the cheesy romance comics from like the 60s or whatever. They're always like, this lady is a nurse and she falls in love with the soldier. She's healing, blah, blah, blah. And like, it's always a new romance, every issue. And his idea of it is like, what if it's the same woman, though, that keeps on getting into these different romances? And she realizes that she's being put in all these different romances and she doesn't know why it's happening or why her life keeps changing. And it becomes like a weird, like the dialogue is sweet at times and stuff, but the underlying story is very like horrific. Yeah. My, it's an audio format, so you can't see my eyes getting huge, but I'm like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> and like, doing? there's a guy chasing her through all these romances who was like, you're supposed to be with me. And, and like, it's, it's very like well done. And um, the artist on it, I, I don't uh, remember her name, but like she draws comics like you kind of think comics were drawn in the 60s, as he's like to say, like she has that retro vibe to her, um, her work. So it's it's really well done. That's so good. I have so much reading to do. Oh, my goodness. So much pictures to look at and enjoy. And feel emotions. <sighs> um, let's see. So. I don't know how to do transitions. I think that should be like my famous thing. I it's not only that I that I'm a moonshot's biggest liar, but I'm also the worst at transitions. Transitions are very hard. <laughs> Thank you again for sharing these with me. I'm definitely getting into the mindset now for Valentine's Day. Love, love, and love for love's sake, and seeing our our little fictional heroes go through very mundane, normal in a superhero way. Uh, romance situations where can i find you on the internet if i want to keep asking for more of these beautiful couple recommendations yeah um i'm kind of still on twitter um my handle is sleeper of the bed and if you follow me on i got it's the same everywhere basically and i don't mm-hmm. try to change it anywhere 
but if you follow me on Instagram, all you're going to see is just a bunch of writing. You're not going to see me talk about comics too much on there, but I tend to have spurts on Twitter where I'm like, I got to talk about this thing about comics. Hell yeah. Uh, I also do a movie podcast with a friend and we do talk, we have talked about that. Those both Batman movies I have mentioned and I gush about the romance in those two called free reeling it like a movie reel. Nice. Um, and yeah, we every we we talk about movies right every do every two weeks. It's a lot of fun. Oh, that sounds so much fun. Oh my goodness. And then of course in the Discord, uh, we have the the thread talking about all this where all the the screen grabs of the stuff we talked about. So you can come into this thread and uh ask questions and chat about the episode. And I'll probably um, post different romances after this posts. Yeah. All of the things. Um, so you can find that Discord link in the show notes as well as on Twitter or just message or whatever. Get a hold of me and I'll get you in here, I promise. <laughs> and it's my turn now for plugs, huh? Uh, you can find me on the internet at twitter.com forward slash I appreciate your butt. But, um, you know, there's the ever looming chance that Twitter may not exist anymore. So um, you could also find me on Tumblr at the same handle, but spelled differently. And so instead of uh, I-A-P-P-R-E-C-I, the number eight, B-U-T-T, or U-R-B-U-T-T, it's just I appreciate your butt spelled out correctly, which is hilarious. Um, And then for the hyperfixation, it's the hyperfix pod on both Twitter and uh, Tumblr. And um, I couldn't have done this without Moonshot. So. Thank you to Moonshot. You can find them at Moonshot Pods on Twitter and Tumblr or uh, Moonshot Network on Twitch, where they stream all the time. And this episode has been edited by uh, my lovely editor, Kingdom. So thank you, Kingdom. You can find him at twitter.com forward slash tachyon kingdom. And the intro and outro music is Offuscate, O-F-U-S-K-A-T-E. And they're on Twitter soundcloud and instagram um i think that's all of the plugs i need to do and you did your plugs and the discord's been plugged and i i am feeling emotions (laughs) 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 so many emotions thank you again i this is so nice you're definitely welcome back season three and we'll talk more about batman it'll be good or whatever you want to talk about i'll find another avenue i Maybe I'll pick a Robin. We'll take deep dive a Robin. I, I honestly, when I was a kid, Robin was my favorite. So I'm down. <laughs> I'm super down. All right. Thank you. Uh, be safe. Don't die. Drink your water. Take your vitamins. Uh, kiss somebody, I guess. And uh, be careful, but stand on a rooftop and profess your love and have a nice day. Goodbye. But do. <laughs>
Journey to distant realms. Explore the furthest reaches of the universe. Survive deadly dangers. Experience matters of the heart and more in a new actual play podcast. Join me, Audrey. That's right, just me, as I play tabletop games designed for one player. From journaling games to tarot games to even games that take me outside, I'm bringing you along for the ride. Join me for every episode of Alone at the Table.